Well, it's now the third Sunday in the season of Advent. It's Joy Sunday. It's also our third week in our Advent sermon series, Advent with Isaiah. Prophetic preparation for a season of hope, peace, joy, and love. On this Joy Sunday, we turn to yet another awe-inspiring, earth-shaking, heaven-quaking vision from the prophet Isaiah. And I think this vision was especially and specifically written for Joy Sunday. Our sermon text this morning is Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10, which you can find on page 662 and 663 in the Old Testament in your pew Bibles. This morning, I want you to let these words lift up your heart like a hot air balloon. I want you to let these words wake your spirit up like your morning cup of coffee. I want you to let these words seep deeply into and marinate your soul with joy. Listen carefully. Listen well. Hear the word of the Lord from the book that we love. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful of heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance and terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there. And it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a beautiful vision. Vision overflowing with joy. It's now the third week in Advent, it's December 11th, which means we are nearing the big day. We are inching closer and closer to Christmas. And as we inch closer and closer to Christmas, we find ourselves doing more and more 
Christmassy things. School parties and work parties, live nativities and women's teas, gift exchanges, and family get-togethers, right? Our calendars are stuffed with celebrations like turducken on our table on Christmas Eve, or like our, stuck, or like our stockings after a visit from St. Nick. And generally, usually, usually, typically, we find ourselves orchestrating and organizing, planning and putting together, hosting and providing hospitality for at least one of the events on our overly crammed calendars. Some of you are thinking, one? Try seven. I've got seven events to host. And others of you are thinking, one? Try none. I never host. Well, for you super hosts out there, there's a lot of pressure on on your shoulders, isn't there? The house always has to be spotless, and the food always has to taste really good, and the music on the speaker has to be at just the right volume for Grandma to hear with her hearing aids, but not too loud so that it drowns out the conversation of others, and everyone needs to be attended to, and nobody's cup can go empty without the offer of a refill, and all the presents need to be perfect, and the decorations need to be festive, but not too gaudy, and it's all... Just a lot, isn't it? Well, as you know, we had our live nativity last week, Sunday, and it was pure magic as it always is. It's always a true gift to kick off the town-wide Christmas celebration here at PRC. But my goodness, was I stressed out about 15 minutes before it started. I ran through my mental checklist Dinah had all the actors in their costumes. Check. The speaker and mic were working. Check. The crowd was gathering. Check. Bill and Nick were handing out programs. Check. The choir had arrived and were warming up inside. Check. But the animals. The animals had not yet arrived. And that was not good. So my brain was running wild, thinking about what I was going to say to the crowd if the animals didn't show up. Hey, everybody, welcome to our animalist live nativity here at Peapack Reformed Church. Didn't sound good. And as my brain ran wild, I did what every impatient, stressed-out person does. I paced back and forth, and I checked my watch every 15 seconds. But at 4.53... At 4.53, seven minutes before the event started, I saw the horse trailer pull into the Conover parking lot, and my heart calmed like a fussy newborn getting his pacifier, and all went great, as it always does. During the holidays, there's a lot of pressure to pull off the perfect get-together, or the perfect event. There's a lot of pressure to create something, to create an experience that causes Happiness. But happiness isn't the same as joy. Happiness isn't the same as joy. Today is Joy Sunday, not Happiness Sunday. Today is Joy Sunday. I think Frederick Beekner's words are especially helpful. Frederick Beekner writes this We need to be reminded that joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness is human-made, a happy home, a happy marriage, a happy relationship with our friends and within our jobs. We work for these things, and if we're careful and wise and lucky, 
we can usually achieve them. Happiness is one of the highest achievements, <clears throat> excuse me, of which we are capable. And when it is ours, we take credit for it, and properly so. But we never take credit for our moments of joy, because we know that they are not human-made, and that we are never really responsible for them. They come when they come. They are always sudden and quick and unrepeatable. The unspeakable joy sometimes of just being alive. The joy of release, of suddenly being well when before we were sick. Of being forgiven when before we were ashamed and afraid. Of finding ourselves loved when we were lost and alone. Joy is a mystery because it can happen anywhere, anytime, even under the most unpromising circumstances. Even in the midst of suffering, even with tears in its eyes, even nailed to a tree. Where you have known joy, you have known God. Where you have known joy, you have known God. I love that verse from Nehemiah that the Baldwins read for us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God's joy, God's creating, sustaining, and redeeming is what gives us life and vitality and vivacity. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God's joyous acting, his creating, sustaining, and redeeming action gives us strength. I love that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, are you ready for a little play on words? The joy of the Lord is our strength, yes. And the strength of the Lord is our joy. The strength of the Lord is our joy. That's what Beekner is saying when he says, where you have known joy, you have known God. The strength of the Lord is our joy. We try to pull off happiness every Christmas season by cleaning the house spotless and cooking the turducken to perfection. I don't know why turducken is on my mind, but... I guess it is. I guess I know what we're having for Christmas Eve. We try to pull off happiness every Christmas season. We, We cook the turduck into perfection. We get the perfect gifts. We make sure the donkey and the goat arrive on time to the live nativity. We try to pull off happiness every Christmas season by controlling and manipulating all of the festive variables. Happiness is human made. We make it. We concoct it. We engineer it. But joy, deep joy, Real joy, true joy, is the outworking of the divine. Where you have known joy, you have known God. The strength of the Lord is our joy. The strength of the Lord is our joy. That's the reality of our passage this morning. The strength of the Lord is our joy. Joy comes about because of the outworking of God. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. God makes the dry land fruitful. God makes the desert blossom. God crowns the wasteland with majesty and glory. The strength of the Lord is our joy. 
Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come and save you. God makes strong the weak. God makes firm the feeble. God calms and quiets the heart of the fearful. God saves the helpless. The strength of the Lord is our joy. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like the deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. God opens the eyes of the blind. God unblocks the ears of the deaf. God restores the legs of the lame. God loosens the tongues of the mute to sing a chorus of praise. The strength of the Lord is our joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. God unleashes rivers to flow in barren wilderness. God causes springs to spring up in the desert. God makes a swimming pool out of a hot, waterless sandbox. God quenches the thirst of the cracked, forgotten ground. The strength of the Lord is our joy. I can keep going. But I think you get the point. The strength of the Lord is our joy. Happiness is fleeting, finite. It's a human concoction. Joy is concrete, infinite. It's a God-bestowed gift. God brings about joy. Only God can create it and catalyze it. The dry, barren desert can't make itself a fruitful oasis. The weak and feeble can't make themselves strong. Those who are dreadfully afraid can't calm themselves down. The blind can't make themselves see. The paralyzed can't make themselves walk. The mute can't make themselves speak. The desert can't make itself a beach. This is the story of Advent. All is dark. All is lost. All is broken beyond repair. Just waiting. Just longing for God to break in. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the 20th century German pastor and theologian, the guy who stood up to the Nazi co-opted state church of Germany and was eventually thrown into prison and executed for his actions in prison, awaiting his execution during Advent of 1943, he wrote this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this. He said, a prison cell like this is a good analogy for Advent. One waits, hopes, does this or that, ultimately negligible things, the door is locked and can only be opened from the outside. The door is locked and can only be opened from the outside. This is the story of Advent. All is dark, all is lost, all is broken beyond repair, all of creation longing, yearning for God to break in. Deserts, frailty, fear, blindness, paralysis, muted mouths. And when it all seems completely hopeless and peaceless and joyless, God comes, God interjects, God says not so fast. And in Jesus, God transforms, God strengthens, God calms, God reassures, God restores, God redeems. And in Jesus, we see the strength of the Lord. And in seeing the strength of the Lord, joy is indelibly etched on our hearts. The strength of the Lord is our joy.
The great novelist and poet Wendell Berry was once giving a talk at a coffee house in Mill Valley, California, in Napa Valley. It was a dark, dreary, damp December night. It wasn't quite the winter equinox, but it was close. It felt like the darkest day of the year. Barry feeling the darkness, not just the seasonal darkness, but the emotional darkness that accompanies the seasonal darkness, looked out on the small crowd gathered to hear him speak with espresso machines puffing and coffee beans grinding. And he said in his trademark Kentucky accent, it gets darker and darker. And then Jesus is born. It gets darker and darker. And then Jesus is born. We can all put together a halfway happy holiday party. But we can't do much about the deserts, the darkness, the destruction, the death, the decay that make up our world. But friends, take heart. Jesus is coming. And in Jesus, God transforms. God strengthens. God calms. God reassures. God heals. God restores. God redeems. Jesus' strength is our joy. It gets darker and darker. And then Jesus is born. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.